This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. and you're listening to Mutual Presents, episode 313, and this week's return to the old-time radio of the original Mutual Broadcasting Network. We're back with another double feature from Thursday Thriller's The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, story of the eight historic periods, and the barefoot nymph and the Mother Hubbard jacket. So turn back those clocks as we return to the days of classic Mutual. Entry, the Catch Scarlet Queen, Philip Carney, Master. Position, 119 degrees, 12 minutes east, 21 degrees, 7 minutes north. Wind fresh, sky fair. Remarks, departed port of Swatow, China, 9 a.m. after a bout with Avila, the Portuguese. Reason for bout, the story of the eight historic periods. sprawl loosely out at the mouth of the river Han, 180 miles north of Hong Kong, is a city of great filth, of roads dusty or muddy according to the weather, of warehouses rich with pewter wear and Chinese linen, of citizens poor with malnutrition and a variety of resulting diseases. And to us, a city of great menace after the affair in Shanghai's street of weeping women. The Scarlet Queen knifed up against the sullen, muddy current. As I swung her into a narrow channel that forked off from the main river, I noticed an English-made sedan keeping pace with us on a road parallel to Strong. The Chinese characters on its side designated it as a local police car. I'd expected a reception, but not quite the kind we got after we docked, and a smiling, uniformed figure left the car and scrambled aboard. Uh, which one is Philip Carney, a master of this excellent ship? I am. And you? Gallagher, chief mate. What's up, officer? You have the admiration I cherish for those of great heroic action. Now, knowing what this is all about will affect my reception, I'm saying. The newspapers in all the coastal cities of South China have paid you a most honorary tribute no. in two languages for your intelligent bravery in the safe rescue of Nan Hua, the beautiful daughter of the illustrious Ku Chi Kang from the hands of Lord's kidnappers. And what's all? Also kindness in saving half some parrot. Your great character make the efforts of your enemies as those of earthworm attacking cobra. I have spoken. Yeah. Thanks very much, Charlie. It is Swatow's honor to give you gracious welcome. Yeah. It is order from highest office of humble Swatow police 
that you remain in protective custody. Wait a minute. In order that we may better fend from your admired persons the blows from any adventure. Oh, well, we can take care of ourselves. It is understood. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, your humble officer is powerless under weight of order from high office. You will come. Two more uniformed figures jumped out of the car at his shouted orders, and Nanhua, Gallagher, and I were hustled off the Queen and jammed into the rear seat of the sedan. A minute later, I asked our smiling officer a question. He was in the front seat. And when he turned around to answer it, he was holding an automatic on us. That's when the custody dropped any appearance of being protective. And so Mutual continues The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tolman, and starring Elliot Lewis. The Scarlet Queen, proudest ship to plow the seas, bound for uncharted adventure. Every week, a complete entry in the log, and every week, a league further in the strange Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. I didn't know whether the three men in the front seat were genuine SWAT cow cops or not when we left the harbor area. But as long as that automatic was staring me in the face, I figured it didn't make any difference. We skirted the business district and bumped along a dirt road that followed the riverbank. About five miles out of town, we pulled up in front of a lonely two-story building that looked like it had once been an inn. Our guards pulled us out of the car, frisked us, and shoved us into the building. The room was fitted out with rickety furniture and two men. One of them was a heavy-set, swarthy Latin. The other was Nanhua's Shanghai kidnapper, Colonel Smythe Forrester. Come in, come in, come in. I, I trust you all had a pleasant sail down from Shanghai. Oh, come now, don't be a faint heart. There are accommodations for all. Sit down, sit down, we'll have a chat. I've heard you talk before. I didn't like it. Oh, it's water under the bridge, Captain. Come, Nanhua, be seated. I will stay here. Oh, relax, Nanhua. Go ahead, sit down. There you are, my dear. You may sit close under the protecting arm of your gallant captain. Uh, Mr. Gallagher? I can find my own, you <laughs> Now then, may I present one of my associates, Mr. Avila. Mr. Avila has journeyed up from Hong Kong. Uh, I am most happy to be here. All right, that makes us all great friends. It's a charming circle. What do we do with it? <laughs> Come off it, captain. And now, Captain Carney... I can make known to you the splendid news that is the subject as well as the cause of this meeting. Nanhua, this should please you particularly. Your father is well and in no danger. You lie. Where is my father? Oh, I understand your natural inclination toward distrust, my dear. But hear me out. Why don't you get off of your fancy language and say something? Mr. Gallagher, please, please, please. The news is this, gentlemen. At this very moment, Mr. Kang and Mr. Constantino are together in Hong Kong. Peaceably, peaceably discussing the common problem. This the $10 million prize that has been the basis for the many discomfitures which have befallen all concerned. There now. <laughs> Is that not a stunning bit of news? I do not believe it. You are lying. Well, then permit me to refer you to Mr. Avila, who has himself just brought me the information. <laughs> it is true. I saw the two together myself. They are making business together. What's the deal? It is somewhat the same as dividing the value of the treasure. If Mr. Kang will turn over $5 million... Uh, Senor Constantino agrees to return this young lady, Nanhua, to her father. 
And Senor Constantino is saved the expense of following you, Captain Carney, over the other half of the world. And at the same time, well, <laughs> there was always the chance we might lose. Now it is a good gamble from both of the sides. You got a funny idea of gambling. Yeah, I'll bet you're a real plunger in a game of stud. <laughs> uh, talk how you like. Uh, call it investment. Senor Constantino has paid $5 million, and he promises to forget all about the treasure. You mean he leaves Kang and the Scarlet Queen alone from now on, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is right. <laughs> and we're supposed to swallow this, huh? I do not believe it. My dear girl, I ask you only to contemplate your immediate situation. If there were not clear horizons ahead for us all, would we be gathered thus in such uh, <laughs> amicable discussion? Well, I dare say you all know Mr. Constantino's tendencies toward uh, violence well enough to realize that we would not. I still do not believe I'll you. I'll lay off, Nanor. But, sir... You've said it enough. I think the colonel gets the general idea. Drop it. Where do we go from here, colonel? Well, as far as I'm concerned, Captain, you and your company could return to your ship, but... <laughs> It is the expressed wish of both Mr. Kang and Mr. Constantino that, since they are together in Hong Kong, we remain together pending the completion of the negotiations. And, rest assured, sir, Mr. Avila and I will make every effort to make it as pleasant as possible. I'll be uh, easy. Just show me to a room that's as far away from you as I can get. <laughs> you get, sir. You're a brash one, aren't you? He was a tough one to insult, but it made me feel better anyway. They had very definite ideas about what would make my stay pleasant. One was that I needed company. Not Gallagher, but beautiful Oriental company. None who are. Another was that I needed a room locked from the outside, but furnished for relaxation with just such company. Including a bamboo bar stocked with an array of liquor perfectly suited for relaxing in just such a room with just such company. The only thing wrong with their ideas was that I had my own. Oh, Phil. Shut up. You are angry with me, Phil. I'm fed up. I'm fed up with you. Your father, this whole fouled up mess. Phil, please, Phil, don't. Why not? I'm probably being tossed into the pot along with that five million. You don't believe that. Why don't I? I don't believe that. Why do I believe any part of it? I've never seen anything. I've been living on words. Sounded great in San Francisco. Ten million bucks. But in Swatow, I can't stomach it. It won't stay down. Ten million bucks. I'll have to see it to believe it. And I haven't seen it. Phil, please. The value is much greater than not that. Not from where I sit. Not from what I've been through to get where I am locked into this hole with you. Oh, I'm sorry, So Phil. am I. When this one is finished, Tang and Son can find themselves another sailor. I don't like the way it's being played. We did not make a mistake in you. Well, then I did. But what will we do, Phil? It's up to you. I just know I've been slugged and shot at for the last time. I just know I'm through sailing after that phantom pile of junk. That phantom pile of junk. Perhaps you should know what makes up that phantom pile of junk. That in it is the story of China. That's fine. That's very pretty. In it are relics passed down through the eight historical periods. There are two ivory tablets from the Yin Dynasty, which existed before the year 722 B.C. Upon them are carved the first and second of the sacred formula. Yeah, that's fine, too. <laughs> that mean much to me, though. There are chests of jewels from the courts of Zhao and Jin. 
There are great gold incense and from the temples of Tang. There are treasures from every dynasty. Phil, what my father is attempting to recover for our country cannot be measured in terms of money or even in terms of life and death. Perhaps if you would stop thinking of it as merely ten million dollars. I don't think of anything except that I'm fed up. Then, then of course it, it is better that you do not go on with us. I'll get you out of here and start at Hong Kong or Shanghai or any place you want to go, but that's all. You can find somebody else to dig up the story of China. Slugging her would have been easier for both of us than the cellar. But it was my idea, so I stuck with it. The hardest thing for me to take was her acceptance of it. The cool dignity that crept over her. And the inbred pride that, like the end tablets with the sacred formulas, had been passed down through the eight historical period. But it worked. Two silent, uncomfortable hours after dark, the door was opened slightly, and a familiar, smiling face looked in. Oh, a most admirable Captain Carter. What do you want, laughing boy? Uh, my desires are simple, but I am once more waited with order from high office. You will come. How about the girl? Jerry's lady will remain in protective custody. Rest easy, Nano. I'll see you later. Huh? What's up, laughing boy? Oh, fortune smiles upon you. No? Although the smile is hidden behind the fan of kingfisher feathers for sake of delicate secrecy. Uh, with the stealth and silence of a hunting spider, you will follow me. Where are we going? On sudden regrouping of thoughts caused by mention of hunting spider, I will follow you. Please to quickly tiptoe rearward in the hallway. I couldn't quite figure the stealth act, but the rest of it was right for a while. We slipped out of a rear door. Holding to the shadows, we stumbled across about a quarter of a mile of field. Then we turned toward the road and got into a car that was waiting for us. Twenty minutes later, we bumped our way back into town, avoiding the business district again. And the next turn knocked everything into place. We swung around a warehouse, and I saw the river. I shot a look at Laughing Boy, and he was smiling over his automatic again. And then we pulled to a stop, on the dock next to the Scarlet Queen. What's this? A sudden sight of ship that brings great joy to Lawyer Captain. A pleased to journey aboard. Where's my crew? Uh, surrounded by most helpful conditions and honest guards in nearby warehouse. Any of them hurt? No, no. They are most cooperative crew in face of many weapons. Uh. Even handsome parrot was pictured of calmness. Uh, please remain unexcited and enter cabin, knowing that I will prevent intrusion. <laughs> Come in, Captain Carney. What are you doing on my ship, Avila? I wanted to talk to you. There are plenty of places to talk. Yes, but none so good as this. In the city, there are too many who watch and too many who listen. This meeting between you and me would not be good for them. I don't think much of it myself. <laughs> you and I are men who are led by similar things, Captain. I think, too, we are pushed around by the same things. I wish you would sit down with me as a friend. I hope you know what you mean. No, I don't. <laughs> I think you and I, we could be great team. How do you figure that? 
You've been checking my references or something? I have stayed alive for 31 years because I know men. Why don't you try making sense, Avila? <laughs> this afternoon I learned to know you when I listened to how you talk to the girl, Capitan. Huh? you got a lot of tricks, haven't you? Uh, when we put you together after the story about Kang and Senor Constantino, we thought we would hear something else. What could you hear that would do you any good? The position of that Chinese stuff, maybe? Oh, that would have been very good. For us, but not for you. Could have saved all of us some time. She doesn't know where it is. <laughs> you know, I believe you, Captain Garney. Thanks. And I think maybe everything could be all right. I speak of what you say in that room. You told me one thing that I like to know. Mm-hmm. You told me that the only thing that uh, loyalty really counts with you is the one you have for yourself. I wonder if I do know what you mean. <laughs> I think you do. I have those same feeling about loyalty, so there is the similar. I am to Senor Constantino much the same as you are to Kang. High in the organization. Similar again. <laughs> you say you live long enough on words and promises. I am hungry for something more myself. Uh, we are much alike, Captain. <laughs> Why then are we fighting one another? We are. I'm not fighting anybody over it anymore. I just want to get out of Swat Tower, that's all. You can have everything I know about it, which is nothing. <laughs> Again, I believe you. Again, thanks. Yeah, but, Captain, don't you see the possibilities? You and I pulling the strings. He looks the same, but the big ones are now working for us. Then, after the treasure and you and I disappear, they find out, but it is too late. <laughs> yeah. And after you and the treasure disappear, I find out, but it is too late. <laughs> oh, no. It is no good that way. We work together. Who else is in on uh, the colonel. Mike Forrester? Mm. And it's no good. Too many people. Oh. Well, how about your chief mate, Gallagher? You leave him out? Yeah. It's got to be just the two of us or it's no go. Mm. Can you send the colonel back to Hong Kong? <laughs> uh, Captain Carney, I think you don't trust me yet. I mean what I say about this plan. I will do everything I can to make you trust me. I will leave the colonel out. I will send him away tonight. Then, when you get rid of your mate... We will be partners, no? That's right, Avila. Mm. Then it'll be you and me alone. <laughs> That's good with me. Nini! Nini! One more thing for you! Uh, you call me Arthur from Tobay. See, si. Go to the colonel. Tell him to come here. Tell him Avila has a very important thing for him. In the cabin of the Scarlet Queen. <laughs> I figured I'd done pretty well with what I had to work with in Swatow. At least I'd had the right instinct about their friendly approach and their wild lie about Kang and Constantino. And my sellout act with Nanua had the reaction I halfway expected anyway. But finding Avila on the Queen and alone instead of with the Colonel was something that didn't quite fit. It fell into place an hour later. The car got back. And we heard the Colonel coming aboard. This is big test, Captain. This is the first thing we do together. That's right, Avila. Well, well, I presume we've met with success enough. Avila. Say, what's the game, Avila? Hey, put down that weapon, sir. The captain, he says I must send you away. Avila. Have you got nuts? No, you like it, don't you? The big test, captain. I do this bad thing only to show you you can trust me. Now you show me how I can trust you. Linny, one more trip. This time you bring the chief mate, Mr. Gallagher. That next hour was the shortest one I've ever spent. Avila never took his eyes or his gun off of me. 
Toward the end of it, he pulled a chair into the center of the cabin facing the door. Gestured me into it. Then he pulled another one up behind me and sat down with the muzzle of his gun resting against my spine. Then he handed me my own automatic. By that time, we'd stopped talking. We just sat there, waiting for the sound of Red's feet on the deck above. But the hour passed, and we still sat there. An hour and five minutes. An hour and ten, Red still didn't arrive. An hour and twenty, an Avala took the automatic out of my hand. An hour and thirty, he expressed himself foully in Portuguese and stood up. How many men did you send after him? Enough. I don't think you did. The men were enough. Yeah, maybe, but they didn't come back, did they? <laughs> and that is very bad for you, Capitan. I think maybe there was a trick. I think maybe it started from you. You're crazy. You've been dealing this game. How could I pull anything? Use your head. Wait, let's go. This... that I was too late. It was the voice from the deck. It was the laughing boy. And he was alone. We are troubled with bad fortune. What happened? The certain one, Galaga, he is made from the certain part of nine devils. What happened? My face is gone. In spite of the extreme heaviness of your orders, we could not bring him to the ship alive. What'd you do to him? Is he hurt? Not unless he has fallen from his great height. He is flying in the wings of intoxication. Come back, fool! Get back to the car. Go ahead, Captain. Follow him. Yeah. With the luck, maybe he's left a drink for us. The building on the river was as quiet as a tomb when we got out there. I didn't know whether Lin Yi was smiling or not as he let us in. But I knew I wasn't. Avila followed. A scant ten inches behind me with the muzzle of the automatic in the same spot in the middle of my back. When we got to the room I'd shared with Nanhua, we stopped. Lin Yi edged away from the door as though he expected it to explode in his face. Uh, since my face is already gone, I shamelessly hesitate before the den of the tiger. Captain, I would leave myself if I could keep this gun in your bag at the same time. <laughs> Go ahead. I opened the door, expecting to see the room torn to shreds. But it wasn't. I expected to see the bamboo bar covered with empty bottles, but it wasn't. I expected to see Gallagher sprawled out on the floor, but he wasn't. He was sitting next to Nanhua on a low couch, and they both stood up as we came in. <laughs> Hello, Skipper. We've been worrying about you. Yeah. I've had a few uneasy minutes myself. One more, Captain. Wait a minute, Avila. Before you start thinking about pulling that trigger, I ought to warn you that you'd be the next one. Then you, come over here. Keep this to cover. Uh, please to accept a refusal. Having found higher personage who has more weighty order. You lose your skin for this. Most unfortunate words have been spoken. Now rapid steps must be taken to save Skipper. Lin Yi's rapid steps would have looked good in Madison Square Garden. He hit Avila below the knees in a rolling block from behind. I went down at the same time. For a split second, the three of us were tangled on the floor. I got up first, put the arch of my sea boot across the wrist above Avila's gun hand. Then I kicked the gun across the room with the other foot. I let him get up. When he was straightened, I hit him with every ounce I had. Maybe it was relief after having that gun in my back for so long. 
but I didn't wait for him to come back to me. I went after him. Maybe it was just the temper that goes with the name Carney. For a while, I forgot there was anyone else in the room but Avila and me. Or in the world, for that matter. Need any help, Skipper? Shut up. Oh, Colin Capitan, you have the admiration I cherish for those of great heroic action. Shut up! <laughs> Calm down, Skipper. You got it out of your system, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we can go now, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, Nanho, I, I, I guess you understand that sellout act. I handed you, don't you? Yes, Phil, I, I understand now. Ah. Shall I apologize for believing you? Uh, no. It's a good thing you did. It wouldn't have worked if you hadn't. And you, laughing boy. Oh, oh, oh admirable, never laughing captain. Huh? <laughs> I'm surprised at you. You know, you, you double-crossed with the best of them. Oh, oh no. Yeah? <laughs> Is instead most real sincerity after overhearing... True story of great Chinese treasure uh, from perfected mouth of Nan Hua, even greater Chinese treasure. Uh, I have spoken. <laughs> you sure have. <laughs> I now return to a protective custody of my position in Swatow Police uh -huh. before one who is now prone awakens to new dawn of hateful anger. <laughs> I ate the next morning after I'd apologized for the 12th time for my sellout act and explained for the 13th time that I knew Kang wasn't in Hong Kong selling out to Constantino. We got Nanhua space on Air Cafe to Shanghai. I freed my crew with the help of Laughing Boy and gave him the handsome parrot as a parting gesture. And an hour later, we coasted out of the River Han into the deep rolling water of the South China Sea and the trades whistling up from the lower latitudes. with a will and snapped to their positions at the main sheet. With four feet, make sail! The big, strong expanse of the mainsail climbed up the mast toward the morning sky, filled with the wind, and stretched out and pulled. And the ship sheets, men! Now! The ship sheets cracked into place. Then the mizzen swung out. Scarlet Queen buckled down to the beam wind crossing. How do you feel, Skipper? Better, Red? Better with every mile that goes astern. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of them out there if you want them. Where are we bound? Well, I got a little surprise for you, Red. Huh? Kang told me that if we ever ran into a stone wall like Swatow, we would have head east. <laughs> well, fine. Let's take a little cruise someplace, just for a change. Shall we, Skipper? Huh? Where'd you like to go, Red? Brooklyn. <laughs> That's a little too easy. Would you settle for Manila? Hey, you really mean it? Sure. <laughs> I've said it to myself. I'll say it to you, Dad. You're the most understanding skipper I've ever sailed under. Why, sure. I even take a little nip on watch once in a while. When my mate gets around to offering it. <laughs> That's easy. Drink, skipper. That's better. After you, mate. After you.
Log entry, the Catch Scarlet Queen. 5.30 p.m. Miles traveled, 8,754. Wind brisk, sky fair. Sea cresting. Mainful and mizzen reef. Ship secure for night. Signed, Philip Carney, Master.
wonder what's going to happen. The law is going to show up, and they're going to start scattering the bones. What usually happens with murder. I'm so scared, I don't know what to do. Oh, come on, calm down. You're a beautiful dame, and a couple of guys started fighting over you. In fact, the whole joint finally was. You're just living in the wrong century, that's all. Women thrived on that kind of stuff a few hundred years ago. I suppose the police will get my name, won't they? You'll be lucky if they don't. Oh, dear. That'll mean my job. It's all started out to be an evening of just fun. Look, Lona, I don't feel quite as sorry for you as you do. I'll tell you why. Maybe it'll help you. It started out to be an evening of just fun for Peterson, too, didn't it? I'm sorry, Skip. All right. Now, is there something else you'd like to talk about? No, I guess you said everything. Oh, I don't know. 
fellow was shot in one of my rooms back there. When they sneaked up on this Gallagher, he was outside the window with a gun that done the shooting still in his hand. They're nuts. I saw that gun lying out there in the alley myself. I can prove Gallagher didn't kill him. Huh. Well, that story, you better find another port. While we're on the subject of moving, get out of here, will you? I lost enough friends in the force tonight. I walked out of the door ten steps up the sidewalk. And then five steps back. I watched the bartender pick up the telephone. This time I took a cab to Lona's address. I wondered what she'd say now about involving her name when it was to clear red. I had a few answers for that. And I was working on a few things to say to Gallagher for standing there in that alley with a murder weapon in his hand when we pulled up in front of the house. By the time I reached the door, I knew it was no good. It was 1 a.m., but I had a hunch that for Lona, the day hadn't ended. Well, well, Skipper. I hope it isn't too late. It never is at my house. Come on in. drawn up slightly into a bare trace of a smile. Her lips were always separated, just a little. Her eyes were warm and brown. She led me through a short hall and down three steps into a large, carelessly furnished room. She was dressed in a hostess gown of some light, clinging material. Her hair went with her eyes and it hung just short of shoulder length. Her feet were bare. We crossed the room, went into a den. I haven't been drinking, and I'd like one. All right. How'd you know I'd be back? Because I asked you. I didn't hear you. I didn't ask you with words. I asked you with me. Oh. You're an amazing little creature. Why are you looking at me like that? Huh? I've changed so many times tonight, but I can't stay abreast of it. I change all the time, so I won't become monotonous. That's the only way I can stand myself. Which one of me do you like the best? This one. brushing my hair when you rang the bell. I don't think many women do, but I love my hair. So soft. Feel it. Where do you come from? Every place. Do that with my hair some more. What's your other name besides Skipper, I mean? Phil. What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing, darling. Glass just rolled off and broke. A minute I didn't know what it was. Over this night, even when I'm old. Your nice tanned face and your blue eyes and your strong hands. You think I'm beautiful, don't you? I think you're beautiful. Good to be with someone who thinks you're beautiful. Tell me. You're beautiful. Yes, I know. Darling. Phil, I'm so happy. It's so good to be beautiful with you. Maybe it would have been different if I hadn't been afraid of her. 
or if I hadn't been convinced that everything she said or did had purpose, or if I hadn't known that each of us was waiting for the other to bring up the subject of Gallagher's arrest. But there was no doubt about one thing, and it was hard to keep it from overshadowing anything else. As she repeatedly stated, as she loved to state, as she loved to hear me repeatedly state, she was beautiful. From any measurement or any comparison, she was beautiful. But even she dropped the subject after a while. Make mine weaker than yours, will you, Phil? I put it the other way. I'll make mine stronger than yours. It makes you happier that way. I'm willing. Oh. Better get this glass off the deck unless you expect me to carry you around the rest of the night. How long are you going to be in Manila, Skipper? Oh, I don't know. I wish it was going to be for a long time. Yeah, it might be. Still listen to me. I've got to say this. You've got to know I mean it. Mm-hmm. It happens, but it never happened to me, and now I think it could. I could fall in love. <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> don't joke. I'm not joking. For the first time in my life, I think it could happen. I'm sure you mean that as a great compliment. Somehow it doesn't hit me. Oh, Phil, why are you acting like this? Because I don't believe you. Because I've never had any reason to believe you. Because I've gotten nothing but lies from you ever since I met you. But I'm not lying. Why are you treating me like this? What other way is there? You're a great little animal to have around the house, but you're only safe when you're out in front where somebody can watch you. All right, Phil. Maybe you know what you're trying to say. So do you. For one thing, you killed Peterson. I did not. You were lying, man. You said he was shot from outside the window, and he wasn't. He was shot by somebody inside the room. You were the only one there. I didn't kill him. Now, don't think I haven't enjoyed your so alluring hospitality. But the smiling, spontaneous welcome I got at the door doesn't hold water. Because I'll bet you my ship that you knew I was on the prowl and probably heading this way 40 minutes before I got here, and you heard it from the bartender at the Victory Cabaret. I saw him go to the phone. What are you supposed to do? Hold me here? And for why? What do you want, Phil? I want my chief mate. I'll trade you or anybody else in on him. Oh, Phil, why did you wait? If you suspected these things, why did you go through with the sham of life? All I want is my chief mate. If you don't start doing something about it, I will. All right, Phil. I have to make a couple of calls. The phone's in the other room. You carry me. Hmm? Oh, yeah. It was the deal, wasn't it? I wonder why it had to be this way, Phil. I don't know. I don't know what your game is, and I don't care, but you were in it before I was. Phil... Red was only a coincidence. Really, he was. He just happened to know Cliff Peterson and sit down with him. And then the stupid redhead, he had to go out the window and find that gun and be standing there when the police showed up. So then Delkey had the brainstorm and twisted the story. Yes, he told the cops that Gallagher, instead of Mason, had made the pass at me. That started the whole thing. And he went after Peterson. Yeah, all right, here's your phone. Do you believe me, sir? How in the devil should I know when to believe you and when not to? I told you, I don't care. All I want is my chief mate. When I get him, I'll believe anything. Gallagher was just supposed to stall things until Mason could get back to the States. He was leaving in the morning. I was supposed to hold you until his ship... All was. right, fine. Let him find somebody else for a stall. Who are you going to start with, the chief of police? <laughs> i afraid the police think even less of me than you do. 
We have to settle this between Ralph Mason and Delkey and myself. You're going to bring them out here? Where else? Hmm. Looks like I'm going to be outnumbered, doesn't it? I stood by her when she made her calls, and as far as I could figure, they were straight. Just strong invitations to get to the house as quickly as possible. Then she made a typical exit into another part of the house, and I went back to the den. I thought the least I could do was to get rid of the jagged edges of our brief and hypocritical romance, so I got a bar towel and pushed the broken glass under the couch. When she came in, she'd gone through another complete change. She was dressed like her front lawn, primly, informal, in beige black topped by an over-modest jacket buttoned high around her throat and hanging loosely like a Mother Hubbard to her waist. It shouldn't be long, Phil. Maybe we could have a neat one while we wait. Yeah, sure, sit down. Incidentally, I don't like your new character. It's all right for the time of night, isn't it? I guess so. I think I ought to warn you, Phil. Mason is dangerous. He'll try to buy you off first. Buy me off for what? I'll try to talk you into... Set... You want to go to the door with me? Or do you trust me enough to let me meet them? I can't think of anybody I ever trusted less. Go ahead. Captain Carney, this is Ralph Mason, and I believe you said that you'd met Mr. Delphi. Yeah. yeah. What's on your mind, Carney? My chief mate. Well, I'm out of jail. I got enough on that mess in the Victory Cabaret to tell a pretty good story. It's a pretty good story the way it stands. Cops like it. They won't by the time I get through with it. Just one thing. The glass from that window that was supposed to have been broken from the outside. None of it's inside the room where it should be. I think that's enough since they arrested Gallagher standing on the outside looking in, it might be. Even Manila cops should change their mind on that one. That uh, story could wait, couldn't it? Not the way I see it, no. Here's your hat, mate. Don't be rude. What's your price, Connie, to leave your mate in the jug until we're clear of this? With the truth, you can get him out any time. It's pretty high. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'll start with $15,000. I don't think you can go high enough, Mason. You might as well quit. All I need is a patsy, and I don't care who it is. May I say something, Ralph? I don't quite see why we have to bargain with Captain Carney. You didn't hesitate about Peterson after his double-cross, Ralph. Now Captain Carney is in the way. When you hate, you hate real good, don't you? It's business, Captain. I use such bad judgment when I offer to let you join our little organization. You what? What are you talking about? Captain Carney has a ship that would fit into our inter-island work. So afraid I made a mistake. I explained the type of contraband that was coming in from the States, the prices we were getting for it, and how there were opportunities for a man like him. I'm so sorry. He led me to believe that he was interested. You're a sucker for men, Lorna. You found Peterson, too. That cost us $30,000 worth of stateside liquor in three months to get it over here. Peterson sold it on his own. Not quite on his own, Ralph. He didn't have any contacts here. Who was in with him? Well, I was his very best friend in Manila. Why, you dirty... Mason shoved his chair out of the way behind him as he got up and started reaching inside his coat for a shoulder holster. That's when the Mother Hubbard jacket lifted a little on the right side and Lona's manicured hand pulled a belly gun from the waistband of her slack. Spoke twice, quickly and effectively. And Mason stiffened. And his right hand stopped an inch away from his gun butt. And he toppled slowly backward across his overturned chair. Delkey, don't 
don't ask one question, I have this all worked out. But, Lona... You can solve the murder in your cabaret. You take Mason down to the police. Tell him the story of how the glass is on the wrong side of the window. You tell him you captured Mason single-handed and you'll gain a whole lot of new customers. Well, they believe me, Lona. It's the truth, isn't it? And here's the gun you captured him with to prove it. Now get him out of here. Good heavens. Look at that floor. this all meant, Phil. Hmm? Oh, what, Lona? This thing we lived through. It's been important, hasn't it? Yeah, slightly. Two guys didn't make it. Oh, that isn't what I mean. We did move everything and make this little room the center of the world, didn't we? I wish I knew what you meant. You wonder if I'm still in love with you, don't you? Handedly, by this time, I don't know what I wonder. Well, I could be, Phil. I'm afraid it's impractical. If you'll just hold me. Just once more. Tell me once more. Beautiful, Lola. And I'll always remember the glasses, Phil. It's getting late. You'll have to go. Well, well, couldn't we have one more drink? Oh, no, I wouldn't dare. Got to put my hair in braids and straighten the house up. My husband is coming home Your in the morning. Husband? He worries so about me. I have to have everything just Your husband? So. Where is he? Oh, he has gold mines in Mindoro. He's much older than I am. But he's rich. He allows me to stay here in Manila with my hobbies. Goodbye, Captain Carney. Gallagher had been released. I'd rounded up the rest of my men and we slipped away from our berths and headed out through Manila Bay. We picked up a moist, hot wind at the mouth. The exhausted crew stumbled to their stations, every man bare to the waist and glistening wet. The mainsail looked tired as it struggled up the mainmast and reached hopefully out for a pulling breeze. They didn't move smartly, but the jibs crawled out. Then the mizzen boom swung sullenly over my head. And the queen rolled slowly down toward Verde Island Passage. The Bullion Sea beyond. Well, I had a good rest last night, but it looks like I'm the only one aboard that did. Oh, lay off, Ray. Look at that crew. It's a disgrace. I'm half a mind to turn them all to holy stone in the deck from bow to stern. Uh, take over, will you, Red? Oh, not on your life. This is your watch, and I'm going to take my exercise. That Manila jail air is invisible. Oh, lay off, will you, Red? Don't forget, I was sitting in the cabin with a hydrographic bulletin when you busted in. <laughs> take it easy, Skipper. Go on below. I'll take your turn. Ah, the devil you will. Just wait till you call aboard the next time. And don't think you haven't done it before. I'll hand you some sympathy. <laughs> what are my chances in the next port? Fair, and I'll be waiting for you. It's Maspate. Maspate. Mm-hmm. What do you know about that jail? Nothing. And uh, before I take a nap, huh? What is your outstanding recollection of the capital of the Philippines? 
Some broken glass I pushed under a bamboo couch. <laughs> and I wonder what her husband said it read. Uh, it's funny you mention that, Skipper. Yeah? I met her husband in jail. He was in for murder. But he killed a wife? No. The smooth-talking stranger. <laughs> Drink, Skipper. He killed the wrong one. After you, mate. After you. listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, we invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the Matinee and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.